When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we light the fuse, we feel the boom, and we hear lots of swear words from the audience. It's the AEW Dynamite Wrestling Inc. After Show with Jack, Jimmy, and Issa. Sounds like a very low-budget law firm, but we are all together, and fortunately, we got Jimmy in the middle to make sure that there's no violence between us, mm-hmm. something I think every family could have on Thanksgiving weekend, a referee to keep things in order. My camera is busted, so I got the cheap one that is all blurry and ungood, but how are you guys doing? Isa? how are you doing today? I didn't know it was going to be you. I didn't know it was going to be you. I'm like over here, like super excited to be reunited with my guys, Jimmy and, and Justin. But you know what? It's Thanksgiving. I'll deal with you for one night. And besides, Jimmy, Jimmy in the in the referee shirt for me, not for you, Jack. He did it for me. So um, that makes me happy. He's awesome. here to keep keep the order, Isa. Here to keep mm-hmm. the law. That's what he's here to do. I just hope he's able to do it. Uh, Jimmy, how are, how are Now, this is just for us. For us yeah. here in the States, this yeah. is like. This is a big day. This feels like a Friday no. all day. I was like, this isn't Wednesday. This is like a, a holiday day. But for you, it's just any old Wednesday. How are you feeling? Uh, uh, no, I I get it. I get exactly what you're saying. Actually, I'm feeling pretty good considering the weather it has turned colder up here. And, you know, it, it is Canada. So what do you expect? But at the same time, <laughs> I feel you because I spent so many Thanksgivings in the United States, especially right. being a part of the WWE and Survivor Series, which is coming up this weekend used to take place on Thanksgiving Day. And, you know, as someone who is honored and privileged to be a part of the very first Survivor Series at the Richfield Coliseum in suburban Cleveland, Ohio, man, like I said, I've had a blessed career and I have plenty to be thankful for. Yeah, well, that's that's nice to hear. What a flex. What a flex from Jimmy. I'm part of the first Survivor. No big deal, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Part of, uh, you know... There's so much to be thankful about Survivor Series and so many big moments in Survivor Series history. I see this just in the graphics here. Don't know what uh, that was there for, but speaking of Survivor Series, I just pop that one up there real quick. But yeah, Survivor Series, I know this is an AEW show, but uh, we're not going to dive into news. Let's chat about 
just uh, some some maybe survivors. Jimmy, what's your Survivor Series memory being backstage there at Survivor Series? Well, like I said, I was part of the very first one. Uh, myself and Joey Morella were kind of like a tag team referees because there was a referee inside the ring and outside the ring. So I was the inside referee for the women's uh, Survivor Series, traditional Survivor Series match at Richfield Coliseum. And of course, I had to deal with the, the fabulous Moolah and Mae Young and uh, uh, a little bit of flirting from Mae Young. I, I will talk about that at another time. But anyways, and uh, I, was the outside, yeah, I was the outside referee from the Million Dollar Team versus Team Hogan uh, with Joey in the ring. So, you know, late great Joey Morella. So, like I said, I've been blessed, but I was also there, as you saw in that picture, for the infamous Montreal screw job in Montreal. Yeah. And uh, wow, that was, you know, when you talk about uh, crazy nights, that was a crazy night. That was a, it's one we don't talk about enough, that Survivor Series. <laughs> yeah, you hardly hear about that, don't Har you? Hardly hear about it. Hardly ever comes up in wrestling history. Issa, do you have any special Survivor Series memories or are you thankful for anything besides getting to chat with me today? <laughs> I'm thankful for Jimmy Corderas, always. Um <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, like there's been so many big debuts at Survivor Series, The Rock, The Undertaker. That's going to be one that I will always remember. I probably still as an adult petrified of The Undertaker that 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 aura around him will never go away. And that started from the beginning, from the first time seeing him. I, uh, on popular opinion, I it's not that I was a fan of the recent Survivor Series, the Raw versus SmackDown, but I did think we got some incredible matches out of those, you know, champion versus champion matches. Though Brock Lesnar and AJ Styles, Brock Lesnar and Daniel Bryan, like we really got some bangers. The year that they included NXT was also a lot of fun. Uh, I also have the memory of that last Survivor Series that I attended in Brooklyn with the freaking egg and people thinking The Rock was going to show up. And that was one of the worst <laughs> events that I attended. So I have, I have a love-hate relationship with Survivor Series. But I'm spending Thanksgiving traveling up to Boston because I'm going to be there Saturday. So we'll see how this one goes. You know, Survivor Series has, has gotten some flack over the years for not being what it used to be. But they do seem to always pull out big debuts, big things yeah. happening. For me personally, my favorite uh, Survivor Series was the Deadly Games. That had a banger of a theme song to it, too. Uh, I always liked that one. I, the skull is always in my memory. It's one of the first things I think of when I think of the Attitude Era, actually, is that dead, the Deadly Games skull and, the, and the, the song that slaps. I don't care. So it was it was a great theme song. You're, yeah. you're on to something with that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, let's, uh, yeah, real quick, I guess, before we get into the show, my, my last question about Survivor Series before we get into AEW stuff. Again, Survivor Series, it used to, it was, a, it was one of the big four. People started to feel like it wasn't big four. Rapid reaction from both of you. Jimmy, we'll start with you. Does it feel like it's being built up as a big four again this year, or do you feel like it still needs to earn its space, its spot back? I don't think it's quite there any uh, uh, as like it used to be. It, you know, back in the day, you had four pay-per-views a year. You had... You know, WrestleMania, obviously, number one. Uh, SummerSlam was number two. Royal Rumble, probably number three. And Survivor Series, number four. Um, mm -hmm. that That's the, at least the way I thought of it. And then the other ones were kind of filler pay-per-views throughout right. the year. Now, it just, I don't want to say it's a filler pay-per-view, but it's somewhere in between one of the top ones and, and that stature. So it hasn't quite reached its uh, uh, old status, so to speak, of being a top four pay-per-view, in yeah. my opinion. How about you, Issa? Has it has it 
Has it overtaken Crown Jewel as one of the top four pay-per-views of the year? I, I, I like Money in the Bank. <laughs> I, I think Money in the Bank is up there. But uh, I, I will say the reason why I wanted to go to this one is because in my wrestling bucket list, yes, I have one. I wanted to attend mm -hmm. all big four in the same year. Like I've been to them, but, you know, sporadically. So this is the year that I'm going to get to do that. And as I was thinking about it, as we're getting war games and not your traditional Survivor Series match, I was like, I probably picked the right year because it feels like we're going away from that typical Survivor Series team. And so, you know, I don't think like it's feel like a big deal. It, almost we talk about it with Helena Cell bringing this gimmick matches those forces a buildup that that wasn't there but so did the Raw versus Smackdown so did the, you know it doesn't feel like back in the day when the elimination matches really meant something and you saw a long-term long feud kind of like come together but yeah no but I'm excited to be going to it <laughs> Yeah, it should be, a, should be a fun show. Let's get into tonight's show now that we've given everyone a chance mm -hmm. to settle in and find their seats. Before we do, though, I want to thank everyone who is listening on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts. Leave that five-star review. Leave a little comment in there, too, on Apple Podcasts. No one leaves nice comments anymore. It just makes people feel good. But if you're watching it on YouTube, like, comment, share, subscribe. And if you're watching live, thank you for joining us, whether you're Ian or Ricky or Ted or Joseph Boza, Justine or Ted Turner in the chat. Uh, we got M. Rouse in the house, D. Morgan, and then FCUK Slow. I'm not saying that name out loud. Bernie DC, <laughs> Rich Antonio, uh, Cross Bros. Thank you guys so much for joining us live. Uh, Jeff King, Dylan Matthews, Night One, and everyone else. Thank you guys so much for joining us live. Let's chat about this show, shall we? We start off with William Regal coming oh, no. out, and he says that MJF isn't going to be there tonight. Then John Moxley comes out, confronts Regal, but Danielson stops him by slapping Mox, pleading with Mox, trying to relate to Mox. And Mox doesn't attack Regal, but through his gritted teeth, Mox tells Regal to walk away and to run. To uh, run back to run away. Uh, so this was a opening segment and, uh, I want to start with, uh, with Issa. I feel like if there was any question about whether or not it was the right move to have Regal help MJF, it was answered tonight. I thought this came off super strong. It was incredible. I loved it. But what, what did you think of Regal here? Uh, first of all, I know you're not part of the Wednesday crew, so you're not going to get this, but Jimmy, who was right? Who was right about the booking of that match, please? Mm -hmm. Let me think about that for a second. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we kind of uh, both were on the same page, but you were yeah. on the page first. <laughs> yeah. 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 We, you, you started the book just a few hours after me, but we were there. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't like this opening segment. I felt underwhelmed by it. I thought if Moxley should have hit Regal and Brian, if Brian's going to get in between them, why are you picking sides? You saw what happened. Why are you still defending him? I, I didn't like I, the Moxley that we have been sold for the last few months. is unhinged, crazy. I'm going to be the champion. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to bleed. I'm going to leave it all out there. So to him to just be like, okay, Brian, you're right. Regal, you better run. It just felt like, whatever like he didn't care he didn't care that he lost the title that's i was underwhelmed by this and i was i don't know it felt like brian came out to just like kill all the momentum i wanted to see the confrontation between regal and mox brian had nothing to do with this he doesn't have to come out and pick sides and why is he still defending regal 
something something is cooking here but jimmy isn't that what makes it great something's cooking what's going on where's uh, this go well the one thing i really did enjoy is the reaction that regal got because yeah. that crowd was dead against Regal. And I was afraid that they were going to be cheering because, you know, that crowd wants to cheer MJF. And they did at first cheer the MJF name until Regal told them he wasn't going to be there tonight to explain the situation. He'll be here next week to talk about it. And Regal is not saying anything about it until then. Normally, I would say, hey, come on, you got to get people invested. But they did, I think especially the, their audience that they, they're catering to. As far as the mocks coming out and getting cut off by Dan, Brian Danielson, see, I keep doing that, Daniel. Daniel Makes Brian. a minute. I know. <laughs> Brian Danielson, uh, I was kind of on the fence with that. Yes, I get what was going on. I, You know, hey, you know, William Regal earned the respect to explain himself, and he's not going to explain himself till next week. I want to hear the explanation as well, but it also leaves a question mark in your mind is Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson? See, I keep doing it. Brian Danielson uh, on Team Regal, and will he continue to stay on Team Regal, even though Regal kind of looked like he he you know threw the towel in on one of his own? Right after after Full Gear went off the air, um, they did come out. Yura, Claudio, and Brian came out to kind of like help out Moxley. So at that point, mm -hmm. I'm assuming that the Blackpool Combat Club was choosing their side. But again, that didn't air. I, I know it was going around on social media on video. So that's not really the story that they were sticking with. You know, mm -hmm. it still seems like there's a weird decision to be made here. But to me, doing that after the show and knowing that people were going to blast it on social media, it didn't make me feel like, okay, Brian picked his side. He's with Moxley here. So I don't know, maybe he just didn't want him to hit Regal or whatever. Like, I don't know. I wanted to see Moxley just not maybe had that much patience, maybe even a little pull apart, or maybe more than Brian coming out and giving him the softest looking slap I've seen on TV in a while. That should have not been enough to stop Moxley here. Should have, like, the rest should have came out and they should have, like, I don't know, held him back or something and then tell Regal, get out of here. You know, that's all. That's fair. It did feel, especially as they were in Chicago tonight, that it felt very much like John Moxley was filling in for CM Punk throughout this rivalry. Cause a lot of what MJF did and a lot of how they played out felt like it was supposed to be CM Punk in this, this whole, uh, this whole thing. And you could imagine this reaction had it been Regal helping MJF beat CM Punk and then coming out into Chicago and CM Punk coming out to confront them and, and how, that would have played out. It felt like that was what was supposed to happen. Uh, right. You know, no one's talked about this, but there's some reasons that CM Punk isn't there uh, right now. <laughs> the, uh, but I, I would, I do want to give a little shout out. I think that where uh, I, I want to give credit to Mox. Cause I thought that Moxley's like acting or, or performance over the past few years has gotten so much better. Like the way you could tell he was angry and the way he was, I think, Maybe a few years ago, he would have just, you know, uh, did his swag walk around the ring a little bit. Where now you can, you got to see him going through emotions and stuff. I just think his performances have been very good. Uh, they, they, they've elevated, of course, and and they feel authentic because the crowd can buy into it. Whereas before, you know, it, you look like you're playing wrestler mm -hmm. as opposed to actually being wrestler Always. and that's that's a difference uh, you know uh, that's a huge difference and and people are buying into this 
Mark. Yeah, it's always a, an observation that I have because back when he was, you know, doing the Dean Ambrose thing, I feel like he felt a little forced. And I feel like Moxley is who this guy is, whether he's playing mm -hmm. a character acting or not. He just comes off as this is how he is in person. He's not trying to play a character here. There's a realistic side of Moxley that I really, really appreciate when he's out there. But again, because of that, maybe that's why I expected just a little bit more ugh, from mm -hmm. him tonight. Okay. Um, you know, because that's the moxie that they have sold us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, but more to come, I'm sure. Uh, we get a quick backstage segment. Uh, Keith Lee is about to get interviewed when. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you have thoughts about this? Yes. So... Yes, because we we went from somebody resolving their issues by trying to talk it out to two other ones resolving their issues by trying to talk it out. And I'm like, I'm not here to watch freaking Jerry Springer or Maury. Like, I want to watch people fight. Like, if I want to watch people talk it out, I'll watch a talk show. Like, they, it's just, and Jimmy points this out a lot of Wednesdays, just the pacing on how they, they pace things. It's like, we went from people, nobody resolved any issues. Everybody just wanted to talk it out tonight. And I don't want to see that. I want to see people fight. Yeah. No, and, yeah. and Jimmy, no, I'd love for you to talk or to speak about that. And um, I always try to be careful about comparing AEW and WWE because people get really offended either way, however you yeah. do yeah. it. But, you're, on the, uh, you're on the payroll, buddy. But the <laughs> WWE is, uh, it's, they've been around for a while. They've been doing this for a little bit and they've got some systems in place. Um, and you've been backstage and I'm sure WWE would probably have a team or someone look at this to make sure you're not doing those things one right after the other on a show. Right that's one of the things about AEW is they do tend to repeat a lot of similarities throughout the show. It's almost like the, 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 when they put these segments together, they don't communicate with one guy and say, Hey, is anybody doing this tonight? Is anybody doing that tonight? Or, Oh, we've already got a confrontation. Let's space it out. Let's put that in the second hour of the show or something like that. See, and, and, and especially opening the show the way they did on a hot, uh, you know, item like the AEW championship and the confrontation between Mox and Regal and Daniel, uh, Brian Danielson coming out and, and trying to smooth things out, or at least saying, wait until we hear the explanation. You go right into this, which made that feel like, okay, that's done. Over with moving on. Thank you very much. And then from there, they move in right into a match. There's mm -hmm. no, there's no spacing. There's no time for people to digest what they saw mm -hmm. Yep, or heard. Hey. Sorry. <laughs> no, yeah. And, yeah. and, and Issa, I, I'd love to follow that up with you because uh, obviously you feel strongly about this. If these two same things happen on the same show, but the Swerve Keith Lee segment happened in hour two, would that be okay? Or the fact that they're on the same episode is too much? I mean, to give a shout out to Sega Genesis in the chat saying, okay, so Swerve slapped Lee and Lee left him hanging. What is there to talk about? You guys are done. The, the tension has been... You know, it's been brewing. We all knew it was coming. So it was the whole covering of the camera and be like, let's talk it out. Let, let's talk. What is there to talk about? And covering the camera, I don't know. We know Swerve is a little bit psycho. He like He's attacking people, scissoring hands. Like, why would you want to be in that situation with him, Kit Lee? <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I would not want to be friends with someone who has a history of pliering <laughs> people's fingers. Right. Uh, you're right, though, because I feel like I, th I feel like the idea of what they're trying to do is to get Keith Lee to trust Swerve one more time so Swerve can backstab him. But I feel like we've been on the edge of this cliff for so long. When is Swerve going to just backstab Keith Lee? Like, mm -hmm. just get to stabbing already. 
And yeah, there's that fine line. You want to take your time to tell that story to get to that climax. But at the same time, if you take it too long, then people will tune out. Yeah. Right. So, uh, yeah. I'm ready for these guys to have a fight. Just let, yeah. them, let them have a match already. Mm-hmm. I'm, Nothing I'm, wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. It is wrestling and we would like to see some people wrestle. And it took about half hour before we got to it. Well, we did get to it. <laughs> we did get to it eventually. And what a way we got off to it. We, uh, um, before we get there uh we got um aaron Sachs in the chat saying isa is bad af and she loves wrestling with the super chat mm-hmm. thank you <laughs> Tremendous. uh so um we get our first matchup and i'm surprised they didn't uh advertise this jake hager versus orange cassidy for the all atlantic championship uh silliness and fun in this one with lots of outside shenanigans the story is uh, Orange Cassidy escapes a submission by knocking the bucket hat off of Hager's head. And this makes Hager release the hold uh, to get the hat and open himself up for an orange punch and OC retains. Um, and then the factory comes out, but it's overshadowed by the return of the house of black. They take out the best friends and the factory. The crowd seemed to love the house of black, but Issa, I got to ask you are the house of black sweethearts or scoundrels? I don't know what they are. I don't know what they are, but I'm already not excited about the what? positioning that mm. they're putting them in. I think you just, you you had him interrupt the, the factory. I'm sorry. Oh, they're coming for QT Marshall. I'm so scared. You know what I mean? Mm. And it's like the trio titles are very tied up for at least the next, I don't know, six months because these two are going to have like a best out of 300 match. So <laughs> listen, listen I, I'm happy to see them back. I thought Malachi Black looked great. Mm. But I just didn't like the spot where they had him. First of all, this match was a joke. Everything It ended up being a comedy spot. And I get it good times. So like, haha, it's funny. And I promise you, I enjoyed tonight's show. It was just these first three things that I just got Ruben. over real quick. Um, we'll get to it. Wait till we talk about Ricky Sparks. I'm ready for that. But, I mean, the, the presentation of the House of Black has always been on point. But it's like taking out a bunch of nobodies. Okay, great. That's what they did the first time. And look at how well that worked out for them. Right. Uh, well, the nobodies they took out were the Death Triangle, the current trio's champions, but uh, no. No, they um, took out Orange Cassidy and see. Friends and The Factory. I'm talking about yeah. tonight. Oh, yeah. oh, tonight. I thought you meant <laughs> yeah. before they, they left. Anyways, uh, so, Jimmy, do you think that where – I use the term sweethearts and scoundrels because I don't like to use wrestling terms. Uh, do you like <laughs> – uh do you like to uh do you call do you think are we supposed to love the house of black or are we supposed to fear them i have no idea and there's a a lot of the problem there is they don't clearly define at times who are the i'm going to use wrestling terms who are the heels and who are the baby faces (laughs) you don't want to call sweethearts and scoundrels (laughs) nah i i I probably would have got i probably would have got slapped backstage for using that kind of terminology but anyway uh you know it's I get the idea of let the fans decide who they want to cheer for and who they want to boo. But if you don't give them a direction, you don't steer them. The whole thing about pro wrestling is you steer the crowd in a direction. You get them to cheer for someone. You get them to boo for someone through their uh, mannerisms, what they do in the ring to get invested in them as a character, as a person, not uh, as I like to say, a twisting, burning 450 hammer Phoenix splash, big deal. You know, a great move. But at the same time, 
wow. It's like fireworks. Wow. And then after that, who cares? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you got to get invested in characters. And if you don't know whether they're good guys or bad guys, how do I know whether I want to cheer or, or boo? I don't know. And especially when you're pairing them up with other people that you don't know which side of the fence they sit on either. I always say the one of the underrated things about wrestling is the why. Like, why is why are people here? Why do they want to do stuff? Uh, in, in especially like with m- mystical characters, like I, you know, we've talked about before, The Undertaker and Kane. They're these mystical characters. They want to fight because they're brothers and they've had a, they have a history, and that's why they're fighting. Uh, it just happens to be in a wrestling ring. With uh, you know, with House of Black, I thought I always thought one of their issues was why are they wrestling? Like, what's their What's their reason for being here? They they don't seem to not care about titles and things. And so they would say like, oh, well, we want to take out the night, you know, Cody Rhodes. Okay, well, you did that. Now what? Like, I, you know, so that's always my kind of issue that I think a lot of times doesn't get get, uh, mentioned. But I I, quick, quick uh, things here to Jimmy. Is the All-Atlantic Championship finding a spot for you now that Orange Cassidy is defending it? I know there's a million titles on AW, but no. is it starting to find a spot for you? No, not yet. And and uh, having it on Orange Cassidy is almost having like our uh, truth with the 24-7 championship. It's 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 great. It, it, no, uh, that that was meant to be a fun, you know, ha-ha championship where this one's not supposed to be but because orange cassidy and that character is holding the title right now it is turning into that mm-hmm. and it's just it's just a title for he the sake of having it, another title he carries it in a backpack yes He's so proud of it that he puts it in a backpack it, exactly and and you know that uh, perception is reality and if he if he you know carries it that way then how am i supposed to care no, you're you're not this this match ended up being about a bucket hat it was more about the hat yeah. than the championship yep yeah. I will say, I will say in general, I would agree with you tonight. Like on a Thanksgiving episode, I'm okay with them doing silly, fun stuff. Kind of like I miss Justin Lavar. What is Justin Lavar? Okay, okay, break it up, break it up. I kind of, I like, I like the, like. Like last year for Halloween when they dressed up like Ghostbusters, it's still like for for holiday episodes. I get it. If this was like on a pay per view, I'd be like, I'm yeah, come on, come on now. but there's a, uh, there, there's a place for comedy and wrestling when done right. Uh, absolutely. And so, so that wasn't funny, but I want to get a, another quick to AEW does a lot of these little quick things that happen. Uh, little mini promo things. Uh, jungle boy had a quick thing, a uh, quick replay of the cage match with Luchasaurus, but a very like, honest promo from mm-hmm. jungle boy. It didn't sound like he was doing character stuff. It sounded like a very real Jack Perry. Kind of, I, I'm happy. I got to do it with Luchasaurus kind of thing. Jimmy, does this? Do you think there's a change coming for Jungle Boy? Are we supposed to perceive him differently, or was this just content to fill the episode? No, I think it's a it's a good first step into changing him from Jungle Boy to uh, Gentleman Jack Perry, or whatever you want to call him, or, or, or you know, becoming a man instead of a boy, yeah. so to speak. You know, for for lack of a better explanation, I think this is the next step in his progress to evolving his character. Issa, who is going to be? I don't know who's gonna be who's gonna grow from being a boy to a man first, Dominic Mysterio or Jungle Boy Jack Perry? Dominic Mysterio. <laughs> okay. Dominic Mysterio is already on my mean. According oh. to Rhea Ripley, he's already there. You know? <laughs> uh, did, did you like this side of of Jungle Boy, or was this kind of a throwaway segment for you? 
it felt a little throwaway-ish, but I do like seeing the evolution of Jungle Boy from when he started to now, even just watching his promos, um, you know, before, I'm going to be honest, I, I was like, do not give him a mic. And that has changed for me a little bit, and I think he's more comfortable on pre-taped, you know, scenarios here. So this was this was fun, and it was nice to see a reminder that, that this match happened and that he got the big win, you know, at full gear. So we'll see. We'll see where it goes. But, yeah, it's, it's fine. He's, he's turning into a man good for him, you know? Mm. One thing I did like about this that I wish they would do more, I'm sure wrestlers would hate this, but that post-match like look that people have, like especially when it's someone like like after the cage match, he's got like the blood kind of caked on his face, just looks so intense. Like, and I don't know if there's a way to replicate that without it actually just being post-match. Like, again, if you're a wrestler, you're probably like, dude, let me just ice. <laughs> but yeah. uh, if you could get good promos like that, there's just something about it that just resonates. I think that looks cool too there's a reason why in this business there's the expression of talking people into the seats yeah mm -hmm. uh, so uh something that speaking of talking people into seats a match that has two fellas that i think could talk people into seats and isa you alluded already we got ethan page versus ricky starks page cuts a mini promo and ricky comes out taped up page works the injury after diving to the outside stokely is sent to the back and we get not one not two but three spears from starks oh. And an absolute victory. Issa, Beautiful. the crowd was very behind Ricky Starks. And I this got a feeling. This was an absolute moment. Yes, I love Ricky Starks. And I got to tell you, there was a part of me in the back of my brain saying he's not going to get the win because there is a history between the firm, Ethan Page, and MJF. It will make sense, right? The fan in me is like, no, I really want uh Ricky Starks to win here and he wrestled this match like such the underdog baby face heard that I was like they don't give him the win they're not gonna do him any favors here like at one point I'm looking at the match like he has to win right because if not what are we doing all of this for then let Ethan Page just beat him because he's so beat up I love this match it was fun I gotta be honest with you I forget how talented Ethan Page is we don't see him enough in the ring and I wish we, he was featured more on television because this was a banger because of the result probably my favorite match of the night because it wasn't the result that I was expecting but it is what I wanted uh, I could watch these two go at it not in a best out of seven but you know maybe a best out of five I thought this was fun and I'm very happy for Ricky Starks and and it's, it's awesome that he got put into that situation I, I do nitpick too many guys doing spears as finishes at this point in wrestling. I'm I'm old school, but I first was introduced to the spear with Goldberg and it was a setup move. So it always feels like a setup move to me when I when I see it done. But uh, yeah, Ricky Starks is someone who I think is if, if I had control in AEW, I'd be like Ricky Starks needs to be on our game plan to be the face of the company or one of the faces of the company uh very very soon and jimmy i want to talk to you i think we mentioned this last week sometimes it feels like aew likes to stack the deck where it's like one great talker wrestler versus yeah. someone who's not there yet and it's kind of obvious who is going to come out on top where i feel like ricky starks mjf on a microphone it's are two guys good. who are yeah. just going to tear it down and that's what wrestling's all about this is this is gonna be great right jimmy I think it will be. I think it'd be very good. And don't get me wrong. Ethan Page versus MJF would have been great as yeah. well, especially on a microphone standpoint from them, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, cutting the promos back and forth leading up to the match. But at the same time, there's that situation. Who are the fans supposed to cheer for? They're both pretty much heels from mm -hmm. like, or presented that way. At least now we have a clear and definitive heel, a clear and definitive babyface, And maybe people will 
end up booing MJF. I'm sure he's very good at getting people to to end up booing him as much as they want to cheer him. But uh, with William Regal by his side, who shows you tonight that he can get people to really boo him, I think we're in for a really interesting match between Ricky Starks and, and MJF. Uh, I know the. Uh, I will say this about the match tonight, though. Ricky Starks impressed me with his selling. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because there's uh, something that uh, young talent tends to forget about sometimes during matches. They told a heck of a story. He got the sympathy. He hit big moves, but after he hit the big moves, he went back to selling the you know the rib injuries and stuff like that. He did a hell of a job on his selling and coming back and overcoming um, the obstacles put in front of him to come out with the victory and gain that that uh, that s- sympathy and then respect from the fans. And, and Ricky Starks, when you talk about selling, it's not just like, oh, he's grabbing his ribs, but like the facial expressions, you know, yeah. and and the like just the kind of the body language beyond just the obvious like, oh, I'm holding the spot that you hit me and I'm holding the back of my head, which you see a lot. He like and when, he, when people kick out of pins like his pins, you can see it's not just like a what, what, what? It's like he's got this very like you can tell if he's the difference between frustrated or surprised or uh desperate it's it's just an incredible talent he has but also mm-hmm. when we talked about mjf versus ricky starks ricky starks might be the only person in aew maybe one of the few people in wrestling that is just too cool to put down on a microphone like i don't mm-hmm. know what mjf could say about ricky starks where you wouldn't be like dude ricky starks is still cool though you know it's like mm-hmm. if i came out and was like yeah. chris hemsworth is ugly everyone like, shut up jack chris hemsworth beautiful <laughs> like there's certain things that you, you can try to make fun of ricky starks but dude I know what you're doing, but Ricky Starks is cool. And so that'll be so fun to see those dynamics go at each other. I'm, I'm the only thing mm-hmm. I'm bummed out about is I feel like there's no way Ricky Starks can win the title this quickly. So mm-hmm. I feel like he might be getting thrown to the wolves here, but uh, yeah, I'd, I, if I was Ricky Starks is that guy. Maybe MJF takes the, Hey, I waited a long time to be in this position and I'm not going to let you or anybody stop me and go in the in the direction of I'm willing to do whatever it takes to remain champion instead of trying to put down Ricky Starks at that point, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, we, we, we have and we have a couple of of, um, of super chats about this Sega Genesis, by the way. Real MVP talk, Sega. Talk about Thanksgiving. First off, uh, Sega Genesis says Ricky Starks versus MJF. If done right, is money. I almost didn't want Starks to win because I wanted to see a bigger build towards the next pay per view. But I hope that this is the, but I hope that this is only the first chapter between he and MJF. And that's what I was kind of alluding to. I agree with you there, Sega mm-hmm. Genesis. But yeah, that's not the only super chat from Sega Genesis because Sega Genesis goat status right now uh, ads. <laughs> They can both talk into you into paying attention, talk you into a program while also smack talking their opponent. They yep. can both sell, both build the spots instead of spamming big moves. I agree, Jimmy. They can tell a story. Mm-hmm. Jimmy, you got called out by name by the oh, Roman wow. Reigns of the chat here, Sega Genesis. Uh, what are your thoughts on what Sega Genesis just said? Thank you, Sega Genesis, first of all, for the super chats. But you're right. It's it's getting people invested in the stories. And that's exactly what they're doing. And Ricky Starks is doing that. And, and you know, making people wait till next week to hear MJF's explanation for what happened or tell his side of the story or whatever the case may be. And then he's a guy who, like I said earlier tonight and for weeks now, that although fans want to cheer him, him getting 
on Ricky Starks can turn that mm-hmm. because yeah. people like yeah, Ricky Starks is over with the audience. So he could turn that audience and turn himself into a big time heel. And hopefully again, uh, like you said, uh, Sega, this is the beginning of a lengthy program leading up to whatever the next program may be with whoever it is. I mean, I'd be happy if this is one of those things where Ricky loses and then has to climb back up and we circle back a year down the road and Ricky Starks is the one to win the title. Uh, <laughs> again, circling back later on. Right. But, right. Um, we also got a, uh, a couple extras. Uh, Terry Allen Jr. Sorry, I missed this one during the part we were talking about it. Uh, William and Brian, uh, William Regal and uh, Brian Danielson, strong, deep bond between <laughs> them, I think is the idea that he's still team yeah. Regal. Um, Terry on junior first name basis with William Regal and Brian Danielson. Uh, uh, but, uh, I, I get what you're saying there. Uh, we also have another super chat sheet black. I got you, but I'm going to, I'm going to ask you that. I'm going to ask this question, uh, in just a second when it feels like it's appropriate. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Uh, so we got to, I'm whispering because it's just between us. No one All right. <laughs> Uh, we just get a quick, a quick segment here. Uh, Wardlow says Joe isn't the most dangerous man in the room. He is. It looks like we're going to get a one-on-one match at some point down the line. Uh, Issa, big meaty men slapping me. I'm still mad that Wardlow lost. Are you? Yes, very. Do you not feel like this frees up Wardlow for other things? But why would you want to freeze him up? They never did. They should have done so much more with his run as TNT champion. He's not going to go into the world title picture. And I don't want him holding one of these million belts that nobody even knows what they are. Like at one point, I think it was Daniel Garcia stepped into the ring. And I'm like, what is he the champion on? Like, that's not the, where mm-hmm. I want to see Wardlow at. You know, I forgot what belt he was holding because there's so many. Um, and I just feel like Wardlow somebody whose momentum they really didn't mm-hmm. capitalize on. And they could have done more here. But, yeah, I mean, big, meaty man slapping meat. I would like to see a one-on-one match between the two of them. But I'm just not happy about the result. However, obviously, you can never bet against Samoa Joe. You'd be stupid to not be like, oh, my God, Samoa Joe won. Of course he won. You know, this Mm -hmm. Samoa Joe. But it was, you know, it was a great match, actually. Very Mm -hmm. meaty. Yeah, every time I think about Samoa Joe and betting against him, I can just hear Samoa Joe's voice saying, are you going to bet against me, Jack? And I yeah. said, no, no, sir. No, sir. <laughs> you know, I tweeted him once and he liked it where I was just like, Samoa Joe should create one of those apps, like a, <laughs> like a speaking app where you set it as your alarm clock and he just like gives you one of those weird speeches every morning. Okay. <laughs> You'll get up real scared real quick. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you better get up, Jack. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, Jimmy, I think where they missed the boat with with Wardlow and his reign is I feel like Wardlow is is a uh, a spectacle in a way that I, maybe we talked about this last week, but mm-hmm. I feel like you could have had him defending that TNT title every week, even if it's against people from AEW Dark. You just want to see mm-hmm. Wardlow come out and beat people, uh, right. almost like a Goldberg in the old days, where you're like, okay, he's fighting Jerry Flynn for the six hundredth time, but I like seeing Goldberg come out and spear people. I, I kind of feel like they could have just had Wardlow defend that title. 
against Dante Martin and against, um, you know, the, the factory and against whoever, I mean, eventually big matches, but like, I just want to see him beat people. No, I get that. But at the same time, you can, uh, you can only take so much of him beating uh, talent like that. You need him to beat some name quality talent. And, you know, if you want the title to mean something, not only put it on someone like a Wardlow and have him defend that title successfully. And, and, you know, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm looking for the word here with prestige, like build prestige. Yes. And build it, have people want to challenge for that title, have people, you know, you know, like they're having this little tournament here and stuff like that have people work their way up to to gain an opportunity for a championship match as opposed to hey here's an open challenge anybody come out and here comes whoever and they get squashed or something like that but uh i don't mind seeing him on tv every week i don't think he needs to wrestle every week on tv well we'll see what happens next uh now we got a little segment here jade cargill uh and bow wow have had some back and forth on so, uh, on social media and TMZ reported that uh, Jade Cargill was, uh, I guess, confronted Bow Wow. And uh, after the whole thing, Kira Hogan gets fired. Uh, Issa Bow Wow, the single greatest musical wrestling special guest of all time. Bye Jack. Bye. <laughs> wow. It's a good thing. I wore this shirt tonight. <laughs> I mean, I can't think of a single musical guest that is a bigger star and just a bigger, a bigger person to add to a pro wrestling event. Can you? Jack, were you, were you dropped on your head when you were a baby? <laughs> like, like I, I had to, <laughs> some of your takes are just not normal. I'm kidding. Jack, you know, I got nothing but love for you. I did say, I did say the, uh, yesterday, uh, I don't even know where I said it, but I did say that the the, the celebrity bar has been raised, you know, and I'm not just talking about Bonnie, I'm talking Logan Paul, I'm talking like there is a different expectation from wrestling fans now for people coming in, so we'll see what happens here, because I do think that some people have really stepped up to a new level, so now it's not a matter of let me just come in and, and get some clout. It's it's very true. I, I If Bow Wow doesn't jump off the top turnbuckle through the announce table, I don't know if it's even worth his time while, yeah. while selfieing himself. <laughs> uh, but that oh. leads me to a question, Jimmy, that has been, it was a super chat and uh sheed black. I want to give you a, uh, mm-hmm. a big thank you for being uh patient, but sheed black, Jimmy, you specifically need to help with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, sheed black asks, Jimmy, you refing the Logan and bunny beef. Who's who's getting the three count? Who's winning? Logan Paul, Bad Bunny, pick a side, feet to the fire. Hey, you know what? I'm not picking a side. I, I, I'm strictly a cash guy. Whoever's got the cash. <laughs> Ooh, they're both loving it too. <laughs> well, <laughs> I was like, well, I don't know. <laughs> I know. I was thinking. I was about to say, well, you know, this one has more money, and I'm like, no, wait a minute. This both of these guys are pretty freaking. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think both of them have more money than I would guess too. Like, I think they have a lot, but I bet they have more than I even think. You know? Oh yeah, it's mm-hmm. probably ridiculous to even try to guess. To the point that that's why Logan Paul lives in Puerto Rico to get to get that tax break. <laughs> uh, what, what, what? Who used to say, "Show me the money." Show me. that was uh oh that was yeah. uh Toby oh my God. yeah not Toby McGuire yeah. uh that's Spider Man it was no it's, <laughs> it's it, it was Tom Cruise in the one movie the sports movie yes I know yes. Uh, with with uh, J- Jamie Foxx yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I just forgot the title. Now it's gonna yeah, drive let me us, crazy. Let us know in the chat. It's driving yeah. me crazy. I keep wanting yeah. to say Toby Maguire, but that's that's Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, so uh uh Jerry Maguire. Right, thank Jerry you so Maguire. much. Jerry Maguire, that's what it is. Okay. You thanks. were close. I was I was about to say Mark Maguire, like wow. You got the Maguire part right at least. Bernie yeah. DC got it first. Right. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Thank you, Bernie. Uh, um, but we also have a um a few chats we'll just get to now from uh Jeroy J saying people uh, should treat it like sheep. Let them cheer or boo who they want. Heal baby face is archaic, which is why uh, I use sweetheart and scoundrel. <laughs> I know you're saying real and baby face is archaic, but it's been the wrestling business since its inception. And when you treat it like it's supposed to be treated like entertainment. And I know you guys hate that term sports entertainment, which is exactly what it is. It, it, you know, they've you, you're guided when guys acting like a total jerk. You want to cheer the guy that's acting like a total jerk, who's in, you want to cheer people who are not nice, right? You know, I don't it's, know. It's, it's no, I mean, because in wrestling, sometimes I think we overthink it a little bit. Yeah, but I look at like what's the most successful film franchise of all time right now. It's it's Marvel, and every one of them is a very clear cut good guy and a very mm -hmm. clear cut bad guy. Mm -hmm. yep. I, I I used to be I used to think differently about this because I'm like, okay, times have changed. It's cool to boo the bad guy. But then you get somebody like a like an NJF that's really good at being a healing and he ends up turning the crowd around and you go, you know what? There's still a little bit of that old school mentality that should still be mm -hmm. uh that that should still be a part of of professional wrestling and, and and yeah you're right i mean i personally like the bad guys like i boo the people like i always go for the people that you shouldn't like when it comes yeah. to every decision that i make in life actually but anyway <laughs> <laughs> but but there, but isa there's a difference between enjoying someone's performance as a bad guy right and and, and just you know playing along let's say for lack of a better right term. agreed but I would also say too, like you can cheer for someone that can be someone you like, but also at the same time you understand that they're not why good. they're correct. You know, uh, like I think Magneto is a cool supervillain, but I'm not like he's a good right. guy. I cheer for his motives. You know, you're like, yeah, he's yeah. still Listen, a bad. I personally think that Thanos makes sense in what he was trying to do. Oh yeah, Thanos was speaking truth. I'm. Thank you. <laughs> hey, let's go. Let's go over to the other side. Let's go to DC. And and Batman was always that guy that kind of well, walked the line, mm -hmm. right? But at the same time, day he was a good guy. Yes, exactly. He walked that line, but very rarely did he cross it. But he always came back. Right. You're never like right. you know. I like the jewel thief. I like the person that's uh I like the person that's mugging people. I cheer for that person, you know. Uh but uh Droy J also adds the spear is dumb. I ag agree. Um I don't I don't know where Dylan is getting his map from. Now I will stand okay. up for Bad Bunny here because his last th this mm. tour that he just finished literally grows uh, I think it was 23 million dollars so there's no way that he's only worth 18 when he just literally finished a tour worth more than that bunny just saying you know Logan Paul show him the money show Jimmy the money Logan Paul <laughs> and for those who are on the audio only version uh the GIF King Dylan Matthews with 100% accurate reporting uh with oh, Logan Paul's that. net worth is 45 yeah, million and bad way. bunny is 18 no million no um Dylan says he found it on the internet, and the internet is never. You believe wrong. everything the internet says? Yeah, yeah. yeah why would well, you? You're poor thing. Why would it go on the internet if it's not true? 
Listen, <laughs> listen. Uh, no, I sound like Max Gaster. <laughs> listen. <laughs> Everything you say after this needs to rhyme. Uh, we. We're not to that part of the show yet, but the elite come out to face the death triangle in match two of 67. Uh, the crowd is hot for this one and it starts the handshake. The elite take the uh, face protection off of pack and almost get the win when Omega hits the GTS and the elite <laughs> use a low blow and Matt Jackson almost uses a hammer, but Penta has one of his own hits Matt Jackson and death triangle gets the win, but Phoenix isn't happy about it. Oh, Lots of stuff. Lots of stuff in this one. Uh, Issa, I want to start with you. CM Punk. Whether I want you to take all the CM Punk stuff that was involved in this match, whether it be the crowd's reactions, the use of biting by Kenny Omega and the GTS. <laughs> what was, do you think this means? Does it mean anything? Do you love it? Do you hate it? Thoughts? It was so obvious. They're just playing it up, right? And you're in Chicago. Like, you have to. They played it up in New York. The, the FC and Chance, um, Chance were like crazy. And, and if you watch BTE this week, you notice that they stopped and, and placed it in there and, and stopped the music so you make sure to hear what they were saying. I, I like the banter. I'm not going to lie. Like, I don't know what it means, but am I here for it? Yeah, I like the trolling a little bit. I, I don't know that I'm a fan of this going into a best out of seven. And also not this way. Like, I thought it would be competitive. One, 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 one. Like, I don't want the the triangle to blow a 3-0 lead, Sheamus versus Cesaro style. Like, I mm -hmm. thought they would go back and forward. So I did think the Elite was going to win here tonight. And then the use of the hammer. I do not need these matches to all feel the same. However, it was awesome. It was epic. I love all the bantering. I love all the, the, the crowd was on fire here. They were being savages. They were not behind the Elite. And to what we were talking about, the whole baby face and heels, it's funny how the elite has to change what they are depending on what city they're in. They were mm -hmm. the biggest baby face and the biggest pop of the night, a full gear. I was there. And then tonight, it was like the complete opposite reaction. Granted, it's of where they're at. Mm -hmm. But, oh, my God, it was the, 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 the jabs at CM Punk were so obvious here. But it didn't, it didn't take away from the match for me. I just didn't think that the match felt that much different than what we saw. And if they're going to do them... I think they're going to take a break at some point, but if they're going to do it week after week. I need to see something just a little bit different just so I'm not getting the same, you know, things. Jimmy, this was, I, I guess, two two bits. How do you feel about the the shots at CM Punk? I'll say this. I love conflict in pro wrestling, so I like mm -hmm. it when people take a harmless shot like this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I think this is fun. I think it's cool. I'm in. I'm here for it, whether or not he's coming back. I just, I like conflict in pro wrestling. Uh, so I would love for you to speak about that, but also can they do this five more times? That, that's going to be the interesting challenge. And as far as the CM Punk stuff, Hey, you knew it was coming. They were in Chicago. Uh, it's kind of like this match. You knew what you were going to expect. You're expecting a spot fest, six man tag match, trios match, whatever you want to call it. And they, but that's the problem, though. Like Isa said, how much different can these matches be if you're going to go the full seven matches? You know what I mean? It's, it's just there's only so much you can do to make it go crazy. And there's so much going on. It's just uh, try to remember there, there was a lot of good stuff. Don't get me wrong. There was some stuff that made me go, ooh, that yeah. Was yeah. Oh, that was yeah. awesome. Ooh, that was pretty good. But at the same time, there's like, okay, 
He just tagged in, but he just tagged in again. Oh, Jimmy, I timed it. It took 40 seconds before everybody was in the ring and the ref wasn't keeping track of who was the legal person anymore. Exactly. And and that's, <laughs> if you know, uh, as, as a former ref, yes, I get it. It's not about you, but at the same time, you, there has to be some kind of rules enforced and followed or else, you know, there's no cheating involved. There's no shenanigans involved. There's no, it's, it helps tell the story of a match especially in tag matches. Uh, that's my only issue with this. Other than that, it was entertaining. There was a lot of good stuff. And it was exactly what I kind of expected, a spot fest. Imagine the reaction from the crowd if Kenny would have gotten the win with that GTS. That's the missed opportunity. Sorry, I was going to yeah. say that too. They had a missed opportunity to get some tremendous heat from this crowd. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine if the elite goes over in Chicago and then they just rub it in just that much With more? the GTS, with the Punk I know maybe I'm choosing violence here, but I really wanted to see that. Yeah, uh, that's where Issa and I agree. Is I like it when they choose violence, and I agree with you. And that would have been one of those, one of those kind of e easy way to get the crowd so upset, but not in a way that feels like you robbed them because you're still getting the outcome, you're still getting the match. It's not like one of those because you know sometimes you know WWE would get a lot of uh, uh, flack for this where they would do certain things that was just like to get a reaction from the crowd, but it just deflated you where that would be more of like, a, ah, I'm so angry at you guys. How dare you? It would have been the right kind of negative reaction. If that makes sense. If you won right there. Um, oh, there's one other thing that kind of bothered me at the end of this match. It, you know, they go to the finish and stuff like that. And the referee walks by, sees the hammer in the ring, picks it up and just leaves. Like, yeah, yeah. no question. Like, Hey, you know, at least do a little, what the heck is this doing here? You know what I mean? That guy, but nothing. Anyways. I will say one one small thing here. I, I one thing I want to add. I don't know if it was intentional. I, I think, and this is probably such a small reference that no one will get it. I don't even know if it really was, but Matt Jackson licking the hammer like Yukon Cornelius from Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Ah. Yeah. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but <laughs> yeah, uh, I did. That's uh, an old cartoon. But uh I really enjoyed that. Um, but real quick rapid fire to you guys and everyone in the chat. Um does how many matches does this go? Do they go the full seven because yeah. one team could get swept, but also there's dissension in the ranks of death triangle. Does it go the full seven? How many matches does this go? Jimmy, you first. Yeah. I, I, I think they take full advantage of it and do the seven. Yeah, me too. It'll go. It'll go the seven. I. I. I think. And just adding one more thing in there, I will say that regardless of how you feel about them, there is a star quality to the elite that was missed on the show, and and just seeing them come back, not yeah. just have full gear, just on weekly television, it's just cool to see because it was lacking just that presence. I agree completely. Yep. And Jeroy uh, J in the chat, donation to the Isa Jack Get a Room Fund. You can call it whatever you want. We'll take your money anytime you want to send it. I, I won't be roughing that one. <laughs> and boom goes the dynamite that's why they call it this show uh Re renee uh has an interview with jamie Hayter. this might quietly be some of the most newsworthy stuff of the show yes uh, thunder rosa officially relinquishes the championship mm -hmm. and jamie Hayter is officially the champ uh brit does cut off Mm -hmm. Jamie Hader a little bit. So we've seen some stuff there. Then we get a uh, three-way tag match. Uh, Hader and Britt versus Willow and Sky Blue versus Anna J Appreciation Society and Tay Mello. Uh, 
lots of stuff there. Hater and Baker get the win here, but I want to start with the the big news. Uh, and I want to start, Jimmy. I'll, I'll start with you because I know you hate mm-hmm. this the interim championship mm-hmm. thing. Uh, and by the way, it's retroactive, so Tony Storm is now considered the okay. champ, not the interim okay. champion. Are you happy that this is what they did? Are you happy with this outcome? I'm happy that they that they did it. I'm not happy that it took this long to do. I'm I'm not a big fan of this interim championship uh, uh, situation. Look, if the champion can't go, then the champion can't go. Guess what? You relinquish your title and you 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 crown a new champion. That's all there is to it. I like that they did this. Uh, I don't like the fact that uh, uh, Thunder Rosa is going to be out a little longer. Uh, I wish her all the best, obviously. But uh, and now getting to the match itself, we have this uh, three-way. Uh, what time? Uh, what time we was, Jimmy? Hmm? Uh, uh, yeah, right before, uh, before main <laughs> event, um, as usual. But the <laughs> the other thing too is why? What were the stakes? What was the reasoning for it? Was there, uh, you know, like it was like it it felt like filler. The women worked yeah. hard. Don't get me wrong. The women worked their butts off. They 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 did a good job of trying to put on a great match. But at the same time, why why was the match happening? Just to just to put the women on the show, as I like to say, 20 pounds of potatoes in a 10 pound bag. They just try to cram too much into two hours. Issa, if I'm trying to find, for, I want your uh, thoughts on the interim championship as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but also if I'm trying to find the uh, silver lining in this match, cause I agree there was, I mean, there you go into no it and you're like, there's not really a, a reason for the, them to be fa- facing each other, but we've always said there's not really a whole lot going on in the women's division in AEW. Is this at least them getting the people on TV to start trying to get some people known no. with the crowd so that they can start building the division? No, I have a lot of thoughts. And I'll just go ahead and get started with the fact that you actually, I praise them on putting three women's matches at full gear with somewhat of a storyline going into them. And nothing was mentioned. No follow-up about Soraya. No follow-up about Tony Storm. The only thing... That was like, everybody got a little video package, a reminder of what happened at Full Gear, not the women. The only thing that we heard was was Jade at some point saying, oh, and I finally got my belt back. That's it. Out of all of the storylines that we had going, this Soraya and, and Britt Baker was so deep, and now she's just Jamie Hayter's cheerleader, which is okay, makes sense. Jamie was there throughout her ring as well, but there was no follow-up to any of the storylines or, or where these women start or what's going on with Soraya, how does Tony Storm feel that she dropped the title and now... She had a reign that doesn't even count. Like, I would have liked to see that. So my thoughts on the interim championship, I never liked it. I will say, if you want to be fair, then give it a time period. Like, let's say 30 days. And if you're not back by 30 days, then, you know, then, then we'll go ahead and, and get it. I don't like it, period. But if you're forced into that situation, then do a time frame of mm-hmm. when the title just doesn't become, you know, becomes the real championship. Very happy for Jamie Hayter here, but this match was just thrown together to put the women on their normal time spot on the show, and it was disappointing, especially after feeling like they made a little bit of progress. Yeah, it's, um, uh, you know, I don't feel strongly one way or the other about the interim, uh, having an, you know, quote-unquote interim championship, but it did feel like, I think because so many, it happened like a lot in a very short period of time. They had a lot of them, so it started to feel a bit silly. Um, mm-hmm. I I, I I don't really feel super strong one way or the other, but hopefully Thunder Rose is okay. I actually, do we know what is going on with her? Did, have they released any information about like what that is? Does anyone know? Some back sure. issues. It was something yeah. to do with her back last I checked. Uh, well, hopefully get well soon. Um, yes. uh, yeah. So uh, we get, uh, speaking of title match, it's uh, FTR top flight going to happen on Friday. 
um, for the Ring of Honor Championships, uh, Tag Team Championships. Uh, I'm guessing this is an FTR retain. Any thoughts, uh, Jimmy? No, no, I think they retain because uh, FTR, you talk about great tag teams. At least these guys follow the rules. Well, (laughs) uh, and uh, Issa, any any takeaways here? I feel like they're quickly running out of time for FTR to be the draped in gold tag team. Yeah, it's it's I I feel like it's getting so obvious the way that they're keeping FTR from the tag team championships. Like it's like as obvious as as the elite taking shots at CM Punk at this point. It's like how much can you do with these guys to avoid putting them in the in the real title picture? I know that they're holding these three other championships, but this is all elite wrestling. That's the one title that keeps avoiding them. So I think I think the match is gonna. I mean, anything that FTR does in Top Flight is great too. But anything that FTR does ends up becoming an instant classic. They're great. So I'm looking forward to the match. Yeah, I like the long-term storytelling with stuff and like making people wait for things. But at some point, you're like, like I always say, the great poet Batista. Give me what Who's I want. Who's mad at you? Who's mad at you? Because like yeah. something is going on here, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we uh, we get to the acclaimed. Uh, this mm-hmm. is. Uh, appointment television for me at this point when the acclaim comes out uh they come out fun rap and then uh jeff jarrett and jay lethal call them out very simple stuff here isa i I feel like this is just smart i think lethal and jarrett got a win uh at the pay-per-view so i think they can lay claim to a uh, a match but also at the same time uh it's a team that uh, acclaim can beat Wait, they won at the pay-per-view? Did they win or am I mistaken? I Maybe thought Sting and Darby beat them. Oh, yeah. I'm boo! Not sure that, that, that boo! Match, get out of no, here! No, no, no. I was yeah. there and that match was all over the place that I actually couldn't tell you who won because I didn't <laughs> even know what to look at anymore. Like, it was Sting was like right by me beating up somebody. There was like the Giant was beating up somebody else. Darby and Jay Lethal were beating mm-hmm. up. That match was all over the place. But I was here for the acclaim. Um, I, I First of all, Scissor me under the mistletoe. Excellent merchandise <laughs> option for the holidays. Mm-hmm. Love that they're so over. Tremendous. They have run out of the foam scissors within the first 20 minutes of allowing fans into the arena at full gear. It's crazy how over they are. So I'm excited for them. But at some point, you got to do FTR versus the Acclaim. I just mm-hmm. wouldn't do it right now because you don't want FTR to lose. And the Acclaim is just so over that it would be dumb to, to put them in a losing program. So, yeah, I, I'm not going to mind seeing this match as long as the Acclaim you know, remain tag team champions. The acclaimed, I just get a smile on my face every time they, their music hits. Like they're just, everything they do is just so fun. And it's just like perfect entertainment pro wrestling. Uh, Jimmy, my favorite part about the acclaimed is that all their rivalries start with someone saying, I don't want you to scissor daddy ass. That's <laughs> basically, everyone is just very against that ever happening. Yeah. I, I, well, I'm not a big fan of it myself either, but at the same time, they're so entertaining. These guys are, the the raps are right on money and they're very timely. Wait, wait, you know? wait. No. I'm, I'm back. I was going to have Jimmy scissor me. Come on, Jimmy. Come on, Jimmy. Come on. Scissor me, Jimmy. Scissor me, Jimmy. Yeah. No, see, you got to ride the hot hand. You know what I'm saying? And the acclaimed is super hot and super over right now. So you go with the flow. Yeah. Bottom line. Not, the uh, acclaim and MJF such a success story for AEW, yeah. and and it's it's exciting to see. You know, a lot of times homegrown. we nitpick, we talk about it, but that homegrown 
talent that you haven't seen anywhere else. Like just being this over is awesome. And, and I can tell you they're probably the most over like act there. It was mm -hmm. the, the crowd reaction, random people censoring each other. You just don't see that, you know, and yeah. it's, it, it's, it's a special act and it's fun to, to see mm -hmm. live and see the crowd reacting to them. Right. Very similar to the two suites back in the day where you could just throw them up and people would do it. Now you could just do that and be like, hey! <laughs> but it, also, if you want to talk about the other guys, it's also like an old tag team that you say, we got two words for you. Yes. There you go. Uh, we, get a, um, we get a main event here. Uh, Tamahiro Ishii versus Chris Jericho. Look, Jericho's chest got split open from chops and he kept on going. Uh, Ishii couldn't stand at certain points. Uh, Jericho does both the walls of Jericho and the lion tamer to retain the title. Uh, Jericho is about to attack Ian again, and Claudio comes out and sucker punches him. Uh, Issa, a lot of people talk about like how long people can quote unquote go in the ring, but if you're willing to stand there and get chopped until you bleed, you've got my approval to keep wrestling if you want to keep going. Jericho always has my approval. He's so good at reinventing himself. Uh, everything that he does just feels like a new chapter of Jericho. It should be a book when he retires. It's all of the, the, the times that he reinvented his character. And he looks great. He's got a great shape. He's looking incredible. And and I I, I wish I wish the Ring of Honor Championship wasn't was main eventing AEW, but mm -hmm. I would have put it somewhere differently here. But however, the shops wasn't for me for that long. And once that once you're it is leaking blood like that's enough like let's move on you have like ten. <laughs> it went on for like 12 minutes and then it got really good that's the thing after they mm -hmm. got done deciding they were going to stop shopping each other it was a really good match i enjoyed it when he kicked out i think it was like one of the code breaker i was like that's disrespectful if you don't do that and jericho mm -hmm. hit all of his finishes on this guy Really, really fun match. Happy to see that Claudio is still interested in this Ring of Honor Championship because Jericho took it from him. So mm -hmm. overall, yeah, I approve. But that, like you said, you getting chopped until you bleed, and then they kept going. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, I would, I would have been like, you know, we need to stop the match, guys. <laughs> it felt like it felt like Jericho owed him money. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I uh, but Jimmy, I want to talk. We talked about <laughs> selling earlier on and Ishii. There's parts where he couldn't stand. And it was one of those things that, again, um, it's one thing to just like hold your jaw after someone hits you. But like him having trouble standing and kind of falling down, like it felt like, is he like, is he OK? Is he going to make it? And that's exactly what you want from a wrestler to make me wonder as a fan. Exactly. Absolutely. And it feeds right into the story. And like, like, like Issa was saying, it, it progressed. It started off like a little bit like, huh, okay, here we go. And then it, it started, the story started getting told. And once they started telling that story, now you're going, Ooh. And like you, like you said, Jack, no, will he be able to stand? Is he really okay? Now, even you watching at home are starting to question, Hey, I hope he's okay. I hope he can get through this. Hilarious, because yeah. I did a watch along, and that's literally what we were all saying. Is he okay? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> when you do that and you get the audience, uh, you've done your job. And and mm -hmm. of course, leading into the finish where he fought that well, uh, the the lion tamer or the no the the uh, sharpshooter, the, the the Boston crab, whatever you want to call he it. He does. The, it was the walls of Jericho when it's so, low, and then the yeah, lion the tamer lion tamer when it's high. high. Yeah. So he fought through the walls of Jericho and then it took him how many attempts to finally get the lion tamer on to get him to tap, you know? So the story progressed. It told a good story and, and you're, you're right about Jericho. Jericho's awesome. So uh, good. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, did you guys did... catch the commentary? Sorry to interrupt you, Jack. But yeah. Did you catch commentary at one point in this match? Taz was like, oh, I dismissed Tony earlier, um, Tony Schiavone, and I want to apologize. That was disrespectful. And then he said, did Tony Khan yell in your ear? And I'm like, I feel like you guys should handle this backstage. Like, yeah. it, was a, it was a little teaser. I was like, it didn't feel like it was part of their funny commentary banter. It was, we, it got very weird on commentary. Yeah, I, I, I thought I just missed something. Uh, when no, you didn't. I thought I was like, oh, maybe there's just something I wasn't like paying close to, and I missed. Like, so I this blew man it off, chest but... is bleeding, and you guys are getting yelled at by Tony Khan. Come on, right. get it together. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's uh, Vincent Man now that he's uh, he's got a part time job now at AEW yelling at the uh, commentary <laughs> team. Uh, so we have a um, I have a question for you, Jimmy, because you've been around mm -hmm. pro wrestling for a long time, you've seen a lot of wrestlers come and go, you've seen a lot of good ones, a lot of bad ones. Um, they said multiple times that Jericho could become the quote best Ring of Honor champion ever. Ooh. In your opinion, what makes someone the best champion ever? Uh, every, it, it's everything ticking off all the boxes, not just being good in the ring, being good in the ring, being able to talk, carrying yourself as a champion and elevating that championship. If you're a wrestler who can elevate the championship as opposed to the championship elevating you, then that makes you a great champion. You, you, you when you when you think back, let's say for sorry to, to interrupt. Yeah. Uh, when you think back to guys like a, a Ric Flair, sixteen-time world, uh, the NWA championship. Uh, you know, like historically, one of the greatest championships of all time. But uh, Ric Flair, when he won it that sixteenth record, sixteenth time. He elevated that championship to a different status. It was Ric Flair who did that, and all the people who preceded him. So in that, in with that in mind, has Jericho elevated the Ring of Honor title? And would you say he could potentially be the best Ring of Honor champion of all time? Uh, I believe he can, and because right now Jericho is the biggest star to have held the Ring of Honor championship, and he's globally known. He's a global superstar, and if they're ever going to try and from a business standpoint, get a TV deal that Chris Jericho is the right guy to have at the helm of and holding that championship. Inter I agree. I, th I Those are all good points. Uh, that's why I say that Roman Reigns is on the single greatest run of any WWE champion because he's beaten yes. everybody and elevated it and all that good stuff too. Um, so that's Including right. Logan Paul. <laughs> to be fair. I mean, I mean, I, I think he, I think he'd beat Logan Paul and Bad Bunny together if they teamed up. I don't think I think he'll beat anybody. Uh, you know what? Uh, uh, and and not to not to uh, I'm not categorizing here, but uh, you you get the on the the you look at guys from that genre and that family. Mm -hmm. It is one probably the toughest family in all of professional wrestling. Yeah. 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 So. That does that does it. That's AEW Dynamite Thanksgiving edition. Um, what were your overall? Th I, I I'll start by just uh, my overall thoughts, and then we'll just go down the row and get your overall thoughts. But I said going into last week that I felt like Full Gear needed to be a win for AEW. I think it was a win. It was a long show, but I think mm -hmm. that they. I think, in my opinion, they 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 did everything they needed to do. I think their matches were fun. The right people won. It feels energized, and I feel like this episode to me kind of built up on what they did. I think that they, we talked about the homegrown stars earlier. MJF is a champion. The acclaimed are champions. Jamie Hayter is a champion. Uh, it's all the, it's a lot of the people that 
I know they've wrestled other places, but they feel like AEW people and it feels mm-hmm. like AEW is its own company now and sort of going in the right direction. I feel like they righted the ship after a very tough summer. I don't, I think they had a, I'll just say a rough summer is how I'll phrase it. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll go down the line, Jimmy, starting with you. How do you feel about this episode and the direction of AEW? I'm, I'm fine with the direction they're going. Like you said, I thought the pay-per-view was good pay-per-view. They, little long, like you said, but at the same time, it achieved the goals and getting them in the right direction. I think they just have to work on the little things from production that, you know, like as Bully Ray likes to say, tightening the screws, they need to tighten certain screws when it comes to the production of the show and how it's presented on television and what follows what, and, you know, and, and work on the cameraman and let everybody, especially the director in the truck, know what's going to happen in every match so they, they don't miss shots because there was a couple of times tonight where they missed certain shots that were like that could have been gold and it, it's the little things that they got to work on we used to say this back on aftermath back in the day with renee pa- paquette and uh kyle edwards is his name <laughs> anyway yeah, yeah. Th- that was our thing little things matter and that's what they got to work on no, they they absolutely do, and they're all harder to fix than it sounds like. But uh, mm-hmm. you're you're not wrong, Jimmy. Even uh, what at about- the end, they missed the shot of Claudio picking up the Ring of Honor Championship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's very it's a tough job to get right. But at this level, you need to get it right. You got a million people mm-hmm. watching, so mm-hmm. um, on some weeks, uh, about 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 a million. Come on, we can we can round Yo, it. Show, show Jack, show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Issa, how did you how did you feel about this? Uh, this week's uh, episode I, I i thought it was a enjoyable episode i would have pasted a little bit differently to jimmy's point i would have put some things maybe plug them into different spots in the show mm-hmm. and it maybe would have paced differently but i i like the direction that they're going i think ricky stark's winning was a big deal like i really really like that i thought the main event delivered to a match that i really didn't feel invested into they really were able to turn it around and get me into it yeah i i enjoyed the show i just wish they would just it's, it's fine-tuning at this point. Three years, you know, you've been on the air three years, it's fine-tuning. It's just little things that would just make the show go by better because it felt like that first, for me, half hour, 40 minutes, it felt very slow. And then you kicked it into gear where if you would have just switched some things around, it would have felt action-packed the entire time. Hmm. Yep, yep. I, I, I agree with yeah. all that. Um, but overall, yeah, let us know in the chat. Let us know in the comments if you're listening uh, or watching this later what you thought of the show overall. And uh, let me know what you guys thought about our takes and our comments and all that fun stuff. That does it for us. Uh, but before we go, Jimmy, where can the world find you online and all the stuff you're working on? Well, you can find me here on, on Monday nights with Triple J usually and uh, here with Isa on Wednesday nights and, and Justin. And this Saturday after Survivor Series, it'll be Triple J back again uh, mm-hmm. for another episode. And you can also catch me on all my social media platforms from Monday to Friday spilling out my ref and rants and having my, my morning coffee, my morning Java, so to speak. And if you want a ref and rant t-shirt, you can go to ProWrestlingTees.com and pick one up there. Yeah, get one, why don't you? And then Issa, how, where can the world find you? NYC Demon Diva here on YouTube. I'm here on Wrestling Inc. on Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Lucia Libre online for my interviews. I'm everywhere. Just follow my social media. Oh, you guys are doing so much. You can follow me at Real Jack Farmer across all social media. I'm even on that brand new hive. Check it out. We'll see. I don't know if it'll be around in 
two years, but let's uh, let's see how it goes. <laughs> I'm there now, Real Jack Farmer. Uh, but make sure to follow at Wrestling Inc. as well. Stay up to date on all the cool wrestling stuff going around. Make sure to tune in for Friday's after shows of SmackDown Rampage. And as Jimmy said, the after uh, Survivor Series show. Uh, that'll be a fun one. And of course, Mondays for After Raw and Tuesdays for After NXT. <laughs> That does it for us. Leave a comment, like, comment, share, subscribe, five star review. Happy all Thanksgiving to you both. I know, I know, Jimmy, yeah. you're in Canada, but still, happy Thanksgiving to yes. you. Both. Yes, yes, yeah. happy Thanksgiving and to everybody you. on the chat. Yes, oh, happy Thanksgiving to everyone too. That goodwill towards all. Jimmy, eat a turkey, why don't you? Uh, that- Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.